Lots to get caught up on today's Locked On Bama. We got Muhammad Wagib. We've got Zabian Brown committing on Sunday. Cam Coleman making recruiting waves throughout the high school recruiting world. So we got a ton to talk about, plus Jimmy Stein's countdown. Let's go ahead and get at it. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, I'm still wearing my airbrushed Locked On Bama hat that my wife gave to me because she couldn't think of anything else to put on it. And we got family airbrushed hats, which ought to tell you something about our family. But uh, <laughs> regardless, there has been a lot of news coming through uh, the uh, airwaves i don't know whatever whatever is coming through uh but let's go ahead and i'm going to let you talk a little bit about muhammad wagi the commitment from west virginia that transfers over to tuscaloosa part of the basketball team uh big guy rim protector four points three rebounds a game only weirdly averages a half a block a game i thought that was kind of bizarre um but the staff seems to be very high on him and as i described to another show yesterday look you wouldn't need him to make the martini but you do like a martini with an olive in it, and he's sort of the olive. I think he's just a nice piece to this team. Isn't he? Wouldn't be necessary, but I think that it it is. It certainly helps a little bit, you know, sort of the cherry on top analogy. Yeah, uh, obviously, I, I think he's an important bench piece. Uh, what people have to remember is, you know, this guy was ninth in minutes at West Virginia last year. And West Virginia was a good team. They've always been a good team under Bob Huggins. Uh, you know, they were in an extremely tough conference uh, and, and, and a good team. He was ninth in minutes. He averaged just 10 minutes uh, per game last year at West Virginia. Now he's coming to even a more talented program with, with more good players. So I, I don't know that he's going to be above ninth in minutes at Alabama, uh, you know, even being the 12th guy on the team. Uh, but he is like Betty Ako, and we lost Betty Ako. We, we sort of said Grant Nelson's the Betty Ako replacement, but really Grant Nelson is only similar to Betty Ako in that he's tall. His game is nothing like Charles Betty Ako's. Now, Muhammad Wagi, his game is like Betty Ako's. He's very similar in, in, in terms of the size, in terms of what he brings to you as a rim protector. Uh, he's really good in terms of offensive rebounds and getting put-back dunks. That's sort of his thing, right? Garbage rebounds, put back dunks. We, we don't really have that on the roster other than maybe Nick Pringle. Uh, but I see myself, and, and I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I see uh, Wagee as a backup to Nick Pringle. I think Pringle's going to kind of be the starter at that spot and get the most minutes. But, hey, a guy that the big guy that plays that position isn't going to play 35 minutes a game. Uh, you get winded. So Wagee is going to be sort of, I, I think, a, a, a quality defensive substitute for, uh, for Nick Pringle. Hey, uh, you're, you're, you're muted, locked on, Bama. <laughs> Even with the hat, I'm muted. Even with the hat, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think he is going to need, be a nice piece and be a little bit more like Charles Bediaco. You're absolutely right. Um, I think he's stronger than Bediaco, but I, I obviously don't think he's as good at, of a rim protector as Bediaco was. He was – Angry Chuck was a really good rim protector. Now, offensively, he may be a little better. Um, 
one more basketball note. I watched some of Brandon Miller for the Hornets last night. He looks like he is um, he's going to have some growing pains. I hate to say it. I thought he would come in and, and be awesome to start out with. He only had six points last night, um, and it he had seven assists. But at times he looked like um, he was trying to fit in rather than make people fit in around him. And, and I, I get that, but he's an older guy. People forget, you know, Brandon Miller's an older guy. And so I was hoping that he would come in and make a bigger splash. He had his first game, he had a very poor uh, first three quarters of the game, ended up with 18 points, but still had a lot of turnovers. He had a lot of turnovers yesterday. Um, he's going to have some growing pains. And uh, I, this Charlotte team is not going to be awesome. Now they're not playing with their starters right now in the summer league or anything like that, but um, yeah, it was it was a tough watch yesterday for a guy like me who absolutely loves Brandon Miller. All right, Jimmy, let's talk a little bit about Cam Coleman just for a second. And the reason I want to talk about him is um, I just I, I, I am so intrigued by the fact that Texas A&M was able to come in and steal this guy away, not necessarily from Alabama. I mean, from the state of Alabama, but more so from Auburn. Now, a couple of things. Uh, a lot of the. Auburn sites and Auburn moderators are talking about how they, you know, they feel like this was, you know, totally an NIL deal. And, and it there, that is probably, that probably has some truth to it. The, the Texas A&M has more money in Alabama and Auburn combined, I'm sure. But I also would say, you know, Texas A&M got Evan Stewart, who was either number one or number two receiver last year. They had, um, uh, the, who was the other one? Muhammad, the other mm -hmm. receiver. Yeah. Muhammad. Um, a very good player. Uh, they have had some other players that have gone on to play in the NFL. Now, this was back in the Kevin Sumlin days for some of them. But regardless, they have uh, Texas A&M has a much richer history with receivers than does Auburn. I, you know, I, we all thought Cam Coleman was going to end up at Auburn because Central Phoenix City, Pat Nix is the coach there. But frankly, Auburn hadn't had a, had, has not had a lot of luck at Central Phoenix City through the years. And um, they certainly hadn't had a lot of luck with wide receivers. So I don't think it's this crazy that he's going to a and I, I think it's a little weird um, but that because I didn't even factor in Texas A&M to his recruitment at all. But um, if he's going to go somewhere, I would have thought it'd be Clemson or you know LSU or something like that. I certainly didn't think A&M because they come in to this state. That, College Station is a long way from Phoenix City, a long way. Right. So, right. but regardless, I mean, they probably did, you know, have a nice big NIL package. And for anybody complaining about it, I would quit doing that because that's the new normal. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just think from an interesting point of view in the Alabama-Auburn rivalry, I think it's, it's sort of like a little bit of karma here. I'm sure a lot of Auburn fans had a lot of fun with Alabama two cycles ago when Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher went at it and Coach Saban complained. Uh, to some extent, not necessarily, I mean, he, he obviously mentioned Texas A&M, but in his rants about the new normal, uh, he mentioned Texas A&M by name. And I'm sure a lot of Auburn fans had a lot of fun with that uh, about, uh, wow, uh, Nick Saban, uh, boy, he, he sure complains when he gets outbid by A&M. And now Auburn's had a little taste of that uh, in terms of what Alabama went through quite a bit in the class of 2021. So that's sort of funny. And, you know, and also the fact that, you know, I, I thought Cam Coleman would go to Auburn and, and he was going to be their in-state five-star. They obviously thought that was that was the case, uh, that they would get him, and, and, and then they don't. So it, it's kind of perceived as a bigger loss for Auburn than it is for Alabama. 
Uh, and A&M, you make a great point. You know, as much as you can say, well, A&M is not a wide receiver haven, I think this upcoming fall, Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad, and Anaya Smith comprise the absolute best wide receiver core in the SEC. Uh, it's either the best or second best along with LSU. So uh, I, I think it's a great group, and, and A&M is recruiting well at, at that position. And, and Cam Coleman, one other small thing, I doubt it's a huge factor, but Cam Coleman does have family that lives in College Station, and I've heard some people what? recruiting in every state. Maybe we should have seen this coming. He said all along he's got family in College Station, and I think that's a factor. But we all know that, that NIL – is a big thing, and, and I'm not going to go on a rant again. I sort of did on my, my uh, on the on the Bama online message board, but I still think too many fans don't get NIL and they don't think NIL. And NIL explains anything that's off to you in recruiting, anything that doesn't make sense to you. Over 90% of the time, it's explained by NIL, and 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 I think there's a lot of fans that that don't it hasn't sunk in. They don't understand that. They don't except the fact that it has replaced geography as the number one factor in recruiting. I think up until NIL, the number one factor in recruiting is geography. Most kids stay close to home in recruiting. Most kids, not all, most. Now, geography out the window, NIL in the window. It's easily the number one factor when it comes to power five recruiting and blue chips. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I've, I've talked to uh, some of my friends who were pretty upset about it, Auburn fans, and, and they're like, you know, I just feel like the game has changed. And I'm like, the game really hadn't changed that much, but this this part has changed. I mean, this is all the same stuff everybody was kind of doing anyway, sort of, kind of. I mean, it's a different level. But the, all these factors were there to begin with, and now it's just so much more out in the open. Maybe kids who felt like they couldn't go that far for whatever reason, and it may be a little suspicious. Now it's just completely legal, so we've all got to deal with it. And if you don't, if you don't deal with it, if you want to get on a moral high horse about it, your team's going to suck. I'm going to tell you right now. Well, um, and it's going to be a crutch for some fans, and I don't like how that's used either because this is what's going to happen, Luke, and, and this is just all. It's not that it's incorrect to say. It's just going to make the sport more of a mess. But when Auburn fans scream NIL because they lose Cam Coleman to Texas A&M, what are Alabama fans going to yell if Auburn lands someone like Perry Thompson or Demarcus Riddick in-state guys that Alabama really prioritizes and wants? And if they sign with Auburn, Alabama fans are going to scream, oh, well, look at the money Auburn's spending while Auburn's going, look at the money A&M is spending. Hey, folks, everyone's got NIL money. They all do. If you're a power five football team playing big time college football and you're a team that's got a shot to be ranked in the top 25, your program's got plenty of money and and they spend it on uh, through collectives on recruiting. Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about FanDuel now. They've been a wonderful sponsor for what seems like decades now, but we hadn't been around that long. So take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet $20 and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to will the Braves literally ever lose again. I hate the Braves and they keep winning. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. That's a key. 
There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. So sign up today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. On tomorrow's pod, we will continue Jimmy Stein's countdown unless we get some other surprise commitments or something. But for the most part, we're going to be all countdown-y. Um, speaking of a guy that will be on the countdown in the future, we believe, and that's Zabian Brown from Matter Day High School in California, one of the top – probably one of the top 50 players in the country, I would say, a defensive back from Matter Day in California. Um, fantastic player, visited not too terribly long ago, maybe like two weeks ago. Was that right, Zabian Brown visited? Uh, yeah, him and uh, Nathaniel Frazier, his teammate at Modern Day, uh, visited on the same weekend. I think it was two Saturdays ago, and uh, uh, Alabama made up some considerable ground there. I think Alabama may have led going in, but uh, certainly hit an exclamation point there. In terms of where he's ranked, Luke, Xavier uh, Brown is the number seven cornerback in the nation on the on-three industry ranking. Uh, I, I personally, I, I don't do a ranking, but if I did, I would have Xavier higher I said that before. I, I knew he was uh, likely headed to Alabama. Uh, I think he's just fantastic. I think this is the cornerback you would sort of, uh, you know, I, I would call like the prototype. Like this is what you're looking for. I think the fact that he plays at Modern Day not only is interesting because they were getting another Modern Day kid, and the last one was Bryce Young, and that worked out pretty good. <laughs> but uh, you're not only getting another Modern Day kid, you're getting, you know, the number one defensive back maybe in California or certainly up there uh we're, we're signing a high value target from the los angeles area i mean uh and of course we have a quarterback that's from the san diego area so alabama doing really well uh on the other side of the continent uh now he, he hasn't picked alabama just yet we believe at bol he is likely like we're going to use the word likely he is likely to commit to alabama over southern cal on friday and when i say over southern cal Xavier Brown was recruited by just about everybody. He recently eliminated Ohio State and Oregon. Uh, you know, they were also in his top four, top five. He eliminated them. He's down to his hometown Trojans uh, in Alabama. We believe he favors Alabama and that he's going to follow the Bryce Young path from modern day, which arguably is the number one high school uh, program in the United States. Uh, to to Alabama, arguably the number one college program in the United States. Jimmy, uh, is he committing – is he committing on the July 7th or July 9th? I thought I saw 9th. Uh, as of yesterday, the last time I got updated on this, it was the 9th, which is okay. Sunday. My uh, old eyes probably confused 9 with a 7. So, okay. That's yeah, I believe it's July 9th, uh, Sunday. Uh, and and, and we'll, uh, we'll probably pop on with a live show or maybe not record Sunday until after his announcement. Uh, but, man, uh, that'll be a big deal. Uh, I know he's ranked high, like, again, a top 100 player nationally, the number seven cornerback in the U.S. I personally believe he's better than that, and I've said that when I thought he may be going somewhere else. Uh, I think – I think – I'm not sure. The only cornerback I would take over him is Ellis Robinson, the IMG kid that's committed to Georgia. I would probably take Ellis Robinson over Zabian, but that would be it. Uh, and also Jalen and Bakway, you know, who's listed as an athlete by the services. We all know he's going to play cornerback at Alabama. But wow, I, I would put the duo of Mbakwe and Zabian Brown up against any duo Alabama has signed over the years at the cornerback spot. 
I think that's uh, that is a heck of a duo. And look, I'm looking at um, on three right now and the California rankings. Y'all have Zabian Brown as number five player from California. Uh, the recruiting predicting machine has him 95 percent to Alabama, three percent to Southern Cal, and I guess two percent uh, undecided with a two percent margin of error, I guess. Um, but the it's Julian saying his number one player in California committed to Alabama. The next four guys are all from Matter Day High School. Brandon Baker, uh, Aiden Breland, um, Nathaniel Frazier, and then Xavier Brown. And I think Alabama still has a shot at Nathaniel Frazier too. So that would be very interesting. And Oregon is actually leading for those other three guys. Um, so they're putting together another very nice class with Dan Lanning over there. I mean, All right, that, Jimmy. The California is like Texas and Florida, right? I mean, in terms of producing the numbers of players, of it, take IMG out of the equation because that's a specialty situation, right? But could you imagine a normal high school in Florida having four of the, of the top five prospects in the state of Florida at one high school? Does that ever happen? Unless it were IMG, which is – but IMG doesn't really count because they only play yeah. 10 games a year and they don't even go to the playoffs. Yeah, they don't count. But IMG is such a unique situation. They don't even let them play normal Florida high school football. They're just sort of a roving Harlem Globetrotters type situation. Uh, that's the best comparison to IMG. But modern day is just a, a really large private high school in Pasadena. I think it's in Pasadena uh, or, or some, some little – town near Pasadena, but man, to have four of the top five prospects in the state of California on one team, man, I'm surprised they haven't applied to get in the, I'm surprised they haven't applied to get into the Pac-12. <laughs> they, they, they might, that's what maybe San Diego State's waiting on. They're like, uh, yeah, we're going to try Matter Day first, and then uh, if they don't get in, we'll, we'll have to get San Diego. That's why they sent that letter to the, that's why they sent that famous letter to the Mountain West saying they wanted out, and, and then they changed their minds, because they heard modern day might be taking their spot. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get back into your roster countdown with Jihad Campbell. And we're back. So let's talk about Jihad <clears throat> Campbell, excuse me, as I get a frog in my throat thinking about him. Um, Jihad Campbell, this is, this is bad in, in the sense that that's the best action shot I was able to find of him online, getting a lecture from Nick Saban along with Kendrick Hall. <laughs> Uh, he won't be. But, he won't be lecture by Nick often in the future. Yeah, he. I'll be able to find some more highlights of him next year. I'm sure uh, you've got him pretty high in this countdown for a guy that hadn't done a ton to this moment. Um, but I know you're super high on him. He's uh, very lean, very fast. Got sort of a Dallas Turnery vibe about him, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I like that comp. They're playing a little bit different positions, but I do like the comp to Dallas Turner, uh, another uh, highly regarded five-star guy from Florida, uh, Jihad from Florida, just like Dallas. Jihad is one of, I think, the very best players on the team uh, we haven't seen a lot of yet. He's a true sophomore, so he didn't play a lot as a freshman. Uh, but, man, in the spring, he was extremely active. He looks like a million bucks. I've seen him on campus not too long ago. He's one of those guys that's like even out of his – uniform you're like wow he's a star uh he's 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 long he's this great combination of being long but he's also just ripped to shreds uh and he can run uh he is very versatile at linebacker he's playing inside for alabama and is a contender to start alongside deontay lawson 
uh, with that starting group inside. But he came to Alabama with a lot of outside linebacker skills. He was a big pass rusher in high school. Again, Alabama sort of converted him to the inside to take advantage of his highly versatile skill set. But keep in mind that, that he's a good pass rusher on third down, too. I wouldn't be surprised, Luke, if he stuck around Alabama long enough. This would be a guy who's so good that he might play inside on the rundowns and then move to outside linebacker on third down. I mean, that's how, how good he is. We've had players do that in the past, and, and the players that have done that have been first-round picks like Deontay Hightower and Rashawn Evans. I mean, they did that at Alabama and were first-round picks. Jahad Campbell, I think, has that exact level of upside. He can be Hightower. He can be Rashawn Evans. Uh, that's how good he is. He's just in a real battle for a starting spot. It's a deep position for Alabama, even though they don't have a lot of guys with experience. But uh, like I've been saying recently, you have four, Deontay Lawson, Jahad Campbell, Trez Marshall, and Justin Jefferson. Four guys for two spots. It's really almost anybody's guess as to which two out of that four ends up starters. Uh, and before we leave, Jimmy, is there anything new you can report on the Terry – Terry Thompson, Perry Thompson situation. And, and look, here's what's interesting to me. Okay, now that they have missed on Cam Coleman, do you feel yeah. like the, uh, Auburn will double down on Perry Thompson? Try, You know, I think they were really going for both of them regardless, so I don't think it's going to change yeah. much there. Um, but anything new you can add into that situation or DeMarcus Riddick for that matter? Right. I, I would think they, they were trying to find both Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson. That would have been the Grand Slam home run for them. Now with Cam Coleman seemingly off the board, uh, they can even double up efforts on Perry Thompson trying to sign a highly regarded receiver. Look, Hugh Freeze needs a win over Alabama on the recruiting trail. To beat Alabama on the recruiting trail, it takes that one big win to at least, you know, that's the way they view it, kind of a dominoes type situation where but getting that first one, is the hardest one. They're trying to make it Perry Thompson or DeMarcus Riddick, uh, both kids. We, we think there's a chance Perry Thompson might say something in July about ending his recruitment one way or the other. At BOL right now, our position is that both Perry Thompson and DeMarcus Riddick will sign with Alabama and, and, and DeMarcus will commit to Alabama at the end of July. But this one is one we have been, this is really close. This could go either way. This is sort of, uh, it's not fun because it's the new normal and it's not the old days. But those of us who grew up in the 80s and the 90s, we remember these intense in-state battles over in-state stars between Alabama and Auburn. I mean, they, they would go at it. And this is sort of a throwback to that uh, with Perry Thompson, wide receiver Foley, Demarcus Riddick, the linebacker from Chilton County. Uh, they, they are both the subject of an intense in-state battle uh, that could go either way. At BOL, we believe it's Alabama for both, uh, but th those will be interesting to watch. Both teams uh, pulling out all the stops, frankly. I mean, in terms of they're both high pro. Neither, neither one can claim they didn't want them. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah that's true. Both Alabama and Auburn. Yeah, yeah I both. hate that argument. But, yeah, some people yeah. go, well, we didn't need him anyway. No, you you. You need him. Both of them, you want him. So just deal with it. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for today's pod. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, who knows if we'll just be all countdown or some commitment stuff because it's been sort of a crazy week. But we will be back then. Until then, roll tide. Roll tide.